This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. We hear about parents who send their sons and daughters off to college or university only to lose their faith. It seems to be a thing that happens or a fear that parents have when those kids are going off to college. You know, that's nothing new. Back in the 1800s, the 1860s, to be exact, in in Italy, the same thing was happening all over Europe. The universities, especially the University of Naples, was very anti-church anti-pope, anti-God, anti-everything. And if you think about it, if a professor is of that mind, he's got a captive audience. He's got an audience of, of youth who are there to actually receive what he or she has to say. And that's not to say that all the professors are, are that way. But at the University of Naples in the 1860s, it certainly was. And The subject today is Bartolo Longo, and he went off to the University of Naples, and he lost his faith big time. He ended up dabbling in the occult and going down that road, and it was a very dangerous, very dangerous road for him. But it began with the idea that the church was wrong, that it was bad. The professors that were teaching Bartolo were truly against the church and they hated the Pope and they hated authority and they taught that in their classes. I'm going to read a quote from Bartolo that tells you about that situation and we can understand because he turned away from the church and then he went a whole nother direction. But first, first he had to be turned away from the truth before something else could take its place. That's where those professors came in. Quote, overwhelmed as I was, in my youth, in the errors against the faith and against the true church as sown in the celebrated University of Naples, ensnared on the enticing hook of freedom of conscience and thought, feeling secure in the reverberations of certain professors' names, echoing as far as the universities of Paris and of Berlin, all in agreement in denying the person of God, the Catholic Church, the religious orders, the Pope, the sacraments, and the rest of truth, which is part of faith, I too grew to hate monks, priests, and the Pope, unquote. So that was, that was how he ended up getting into the occult. And occultism and spiritualism was just like the rage during this time all across Europe. And so once he turned his back on the church, he went that direction. And uh, he participated in seances and he had a spiritual guide and he dabbled in all this kind of thing and but 
Bartolo was kind of an all or nothing sort of person. He didn't do anything halfway or half-hearted. So the road that he was on actually led to him becoming a satanic priest. And by this time, he was unrecognizable. He had a wild look in his eye. He was thin and unkept. And he was losing his grip on sanity. He was really going insane. But he was a satanic priest. And he does say that in his memoirs, he said he was searching for the truth. And since it had been proved to him through those professors that the truth certainly could not be found in Jesus Christ or in the Catholic Church, then, of course, he threw himself in this whole other direction. And it almost cost him his life, actually. But there was one professor, one faithful Catholic, who was still teaching at the University of Naples. And this man really cared a lot about Bartolo. He'd he'd seen the progression. He'd warned him, if you go down that road, you're going to end up in the madhouse. Uh, And he set about praying for him, having masses said for him, and gathering other Christians to do the same. So there was this war waging on Bartolo's behalf for his soul, and he didn't even know about it. Well, as it goes with things of Satan and occultism and and whatnot, there's a a mix-up. Often there's just a little bit of truth that hooks people and then all the all the other things that go along with it are stacked on top there's just a confusion that goes along so you'll notice sometimes in cultures people will you know they'll for instance they might attend mass and then go see a psychic to have their palm read they don't understand that one is you know exclusive to the other they just do both and he was a little bit of that mind very confused and so one day he met with his professor in this state of almost being insane and and he blurts out that he's going to have a mass said for his deceased father and this priest said and he just gathered up his strength i think it was a moment of grace because the priest just said to him yes you will do that and while you're there you're going to make a confession to the good Dominican priest. And he was just very bold and he practically ordered him to do it. And I think perhaps he was, you know, it was a moment of grace. He was brave. The priest was by giving this ultimatum to, to Barlow, but, but also what was there to lose? Barlow was way down the wrong road. What was there to lose to make that demand of him? He'd become his friend enough that he thought maybe the, the friendship would carry the weight. And it did. Barlow went, arranged to have the mass said for his father, for his deceased father. And then he went ahead and had a confession and met with that same priest every day for a month. And he broke free of his association with Satan, occultism, spiritualism, and all that business. He broke completely free of it. And he was a changed man. He continued in school. He finished his degree. He became a lawyer. He also practiced the corporal works of mercy, and he prayed the rosary every day, and he belonged to a a rosary group, a rosary prayer group. And he actually went through a process of becoming a lay Dominican. It's a lay person who is, is not going to become a nun or, or, or join in that way. They still live their life as a laity. They don't wear a habit or anything, but they adopt 
the same principles and they make promises to adhere to the, well, for the Dominicans, uh, it would be the, the four pillars, their association with community, with study, with contemplative prayer, and with the church. And so he he became one. And so he graduated and was practicing lawyer. During the time that he was a practicing lawyer, he went on an errand for a friend. There was some business he needed to do for that friend to represent them in Pompeii. So he went to Pompeii and he was really taken aback because the people there were very uneducated. They were backwards in so many ways and they had lost their Catholic faith, even though some of them did practice it to a certain extent. The church was not kept up. It it had rats in it. I mean, it just wasn't kept up. They would practice, these people in Pompeii, they would practice black magic, occultism, and then go to mass. They were all confused. They were not catechized at all. And he was very disturbed by this. So while he was there taking care of the business, he went for a walk in the woods. And while he was walking, he was pondering the confusion that these people in Pompeii were were experiencing was the same kind of confusion that he had experienced when he was a Satanist himself. And it just was so disturbing to him. And as he walked, he underwent an attack, an attack from evil forces. And this is how it, it came down upon him. It was an oppression that he almost could not resist. This oppression reminded him that he was still a priest for Satan, even though we know he wasn't. But that was the thoughts in his mind, that you can't break that pact that you've made with the devil. He's got you. And look what you did. You know, these thoughts in his head, like what I'm saying, look what you did. You led people away from Jesus Christ. On and on it went. He was so assailed by these thoughts and this oppressive feeling that was more than just having an emotional experience. He began to have suicidal thoughts and to have despair. And this weight of it was just unbearable. In the moment of his greatest despair, he heard the voice of that priest, the the priest he'd been seeing regularly, the Dominican who had helped him become a lay Dominican himself and helped him break away from Satanism. And that priest had said to him, whoever spreads the rosary will be saved. And that was just like a lifeline for Bartolo. It was, it was like he was drowning and someone threw him the life, the, the life vest, you know, he, he grabbed onto that idea and he prostrated himself on the ground and he prayed to the Virgin Mary. And he said to her, I will not leave this land of Pompeii until I have spread your rosary here. And that was his life's mission. He stayed in Pompeii. And we know him because he is responsible for building a pontificate shrine of the Blessed Virgin of the Rosary of Pompeii there, this big shrine. And at this shrine, I mean, this took years, of course, at this shrine, though, thousands upon thousands of cures were recorded in one year alone, 850 cures recorded there at that shrine. And of course, when the Catholic Church comes in and people get catechized and and brought to the life of Christ. It brings civilization. It brings culture. And the culture there improved a great deal. Things improved. And Bartolo, in, in this, he 
he had an orphanage. Well, he helped the orphans a lot, but he had one particular orphanage. There were several, but one in particular that he established was for boys of incarcerated fathers. So these are street kids, rough, tough street kids. And he, he has an orphanage for them that's also a trade school so they can learn some trades and that they can take care of themselves. What a big uproar this caused. Newspapers wrote about it and everything, you know, condemning the idea because at that time there was this prevailing thought that if you were a criminal, there was no escaping that lifestyle for your offspring. In other words, you inherited it. Like if, you know, if you have a bad father, you're going to have a bad son. You know, there was no breaking from this, no freedom from this. And Bartolo know that knew that this just was not the case. And hundreds of boys went through his school. The first graduate ended up becoming a priest and saying his first mass at the pontificate shrine there. And many of the boys, he said all of them uh, were either placed in good families or they had good jobs. They, they went to the military. Some went to the distant shores of America, etc. But, you know, he was asked later in life, you know, when the fruit had shown good, how did you do this with these these boys? And he said, I just loved them and brought them to know Jesus Christ. That was his answer very simply, Jesus Christ. He recreates everything. And Bartolo would know what that's like. He was a lost soul himself. So many good things came out of came out of his spreading the rosary and and building this uh, this shrine. It wasn't without its challenges. You know, he was there was a time when he was questioned about how he was handling the money or and there was a time when the, the Pope was actually questioning him because of some false information. Those kinds of things always seem to assail the saints or assail people who are on the right road, you know. But he stuck through it. He was meek and humble. He spread the rosary and a lot of people came to faith because of him. And, you know, he was he was a lost soul. And somebody, a professor in the University of Naples, the only Catholic left there, prayed for him, put him in the right direction, and saved this poor, poor young man. Blessed Bartolo, pray for us. It has been such a privilege to be with you today, and I sincerely thank you for joining me, my hope and my prayer, and, and yes, it's my mission, is that you were inspired towards whatever God has for you this time in your life. On our next program, we will be discussing a slave girl and her way to Jesus. Very interesting story. This is Julie Andurko with your next mission from God. Pray with me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Andurko, produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materdayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. 
And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.